On this week's episode, we jingle, jingle, jangle with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is coming to town. Is Santa nothing more than a crude capitalist? Are the Kringles a cult? And could Rudolph have OK-boomered his way out of working for Santa? Find out now you're listening to the 2019 holiday episode of 24 Flames Per Second. Ho, ho, ho! Welcome to uh, this, uh, as we said in the Star Wars episode, Life Day episode of 24 Flames Per Second, as always, is the podcast that roasts the films we love the most. And on this week's episode, I'm still your host, Robert Spiewak, and uh, welcome to uh, to Christmas Day, everybody, whether you celebrate or not. Uh, happy holidays. Um, we're excited to be here this week. Um, and we are talking about the uh, Rankin-Bass animated holiday specials. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and Santa Claus is Coming to Town from the 70s um, that you might know if you're older than a certain age. I don't know if the kids still watch these. They still play on ABC Family. Great. Love it. Okay, great. They're still out there in the world. Um, very good. Um, but uh, but yeah, everybody, um, uh, we're, this is also just over the halfway point in our uh, third season. So um, happy holidays, everybody. And uh, we're almost to a new year, too. That'll be next year's episode. But or Yeah, next year's episode. I stand by what I said. Um, everybody, and uh, welcome, to the sh- welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Happy holidays. Uh, without any um, further ado, I think we'll, uh, we'll just kind of dive right on in. And uh, we'll start with uh, my co-host across the table for me this week, the hopper to my baby claws. Casey Rom. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Um, it is going well. I am definitely in the Christmas You're wearing spirit. black and white. That's crazy. Like I a penguin. I am wearing black and white like <laughs> a penguin. That's my typical winter uh, costume. It's just nice. black and white sweaters. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're we're doing good. It's cool. Winter. Did you watch the movies this week? I did. Um, we originally started with four, and then we all realized yeah. how long they were. So yeah, I was very kind of frosty and a little drunk. Yeah, I was out. very pleased um, about that, especially because I have a deep-seated hatred for the little drummer boys. Okay, so. <laughs> we can talk about it later. Hot takes. That's extended play. Yes. <laughs> Um, cool. Uh, well, what do you know? Um, so I have kind of one piece of trivia for each of these movies. Mm. Um, so Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer came out in 1964. The 60s, um, I was wrong. That was a decade off. The other one's the seven, 1970, okay. yeah. Um, in the original TV version, uh, Rudolph and his crew visit the Island of the Misfit Toys and promise to help them, uh, but then they're never mentioned again. <gasps> and so after it was shown, the producers were like inundated with letters from children that nothing ever oh resolved yeah. the storyline of the island of the misfit toys um so in response rankin bass produced that short scene at the end where um led by rudolph they go back and pick them they all, all get up picked up and, yeah, yeah find homes for them that is some sad shit too. yeah also when it cuts back and they're just around a fire in the yeah <laughs> um and then for santa claus is coming to town which was uh 1970 mm. uh there were fewer commercials on tv when that was made and so now it shows on abc family or freeform um every 
every year during the 25 days of Christmas. Yeah. Um, and it's edited in order to accommodate more commercials. And so the version cuts out scenes that they think might be traumatizing for younger viewers. Um, notably, the scene where Burger Meister Meister Burger burns all of the toys that belong to the children <laughs> oh, of Sombertown. Oh, um, so you can only find those now on like the Blu-ray versions yeah. of the movie. Wow. Yeah. We can't we can't think Burger Meister Meister Burger is too evil, traumatizing. That's out of control. Yeah. I don't believe. I don't think so. <laughs> Kids can see toys burn. Um, but uh, but yeah, great. That's that's great stuff. Rankin Bass. Yep. Um, very good. Well, uh, I think we'll um, roll on into uh, into the roasting and the defense panels uh, for this one. Um, Starting with the roasters, as always. Uh, starting to my right, director of photography and tracer. Uh, and hasn't been on the show in a while. Find him, the real Russell Hay? Uh, yes. The okay, great. Russell I couldn't remember what pejorative was before it. I don't know if that's the right word, use of pejorative. Um, but uh, Russell Hay is here. Hello. Hi, how's it, how's it going? It's good to be back. Yeah, it's yeah. been a minute. You're here in a yeah. nice holiday sweater. I am. It's yeah. not, uh, it's Spider Man, but that's okay. I mean,. It's the only holiday sweater I have. That's very good. I'm glad you wore it. I'm glad it. I'm sure it's glad you wore it too. Um, but yeah, it's good to have you here. Welcome. Um, and next to him, the Slammin' Salmon educator and uh, frequent film crew member. Find her on uh, Instagram at Sam Fermi. Sammy Furman. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah. I'm feeling ready for the holidays. Is that a PSL? All of them. No, it's oh. a peppermint mocha. Oh, PM. PMC with coconut milk. Ooh. Oh, yeah. nice. Um, very good. Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, and on the defense this week, uh, I have to move my thing. Uh, filmmaker and political activist. Find him on Twitter at True Cody Olson. It's Cody Olson. <clears throat> Hello. Hi. How's it going? Good. I am feeling properly in the Christmas spirit and great. really excited to talk about these films. I was, well, I was very happy to have an excuse to watch them. Okay, great. Um, but but yeah, we got you here. Uh, we start things out the same way as always. Moving a minute, we'll start with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, and so, yeah, we'll give us a full plot, synopsis of Rudolph, 60 seconds or less. Or less? Last. Um, <laughs> we'll give you a three count and then you're off. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> About as ready as uh, I'm. Yeah, Bumble. I think as Chris I said, uh, <laughs> I'm as ready as I always am. Here we go. Which is um, not ready. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, um, here we go. In three, two, one, go. North Pole. Um, we have status, status quo is Santa Claus and his reindeer. Um, we know it. Uh, Rudolph is born and his parents are freaked out by his red glowing nose. Um, they put a fake black nose on it um, so that he looks just like everybody else. This society is a little conservative. Um, and Rudolph mostly passes for quote unquote normal until uh, the fake nose falls off during kind of a, a school gym session and everybody realizes that he has uh, a weird blinky nose. And so he kind of runs away. He meets up with, uh, oh, no notes, uh, Herbie, who is also, who is an elf who wants to be a dentist. They both run off together. They meet up with Cornelius something, who's like this explorer, and they make their way to the Island of Misfit Toys after having a brief encounter with the Abominable Snowman. Um, make their way to the Island of Misfit Toys. And Fine. you're out of time. His name is Hermie. 
Oh, His is name it is Yukon Cornelius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, everything else was accurate. Thank you. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, pretty good. That's most. That's at least halfway. But yeah, yes. Helen and Misfit Toys. Rudolph. Uh, as as we wrap this up, Rudolph recognizes that his nose is what is luring the Bumble to them, which is yes. the sh- nickname for the abominable snowman. Um, and so he says he's got to leave. He's got to go out on his own. And so he goes and. As a teen, goes through his teen years and uh, in the wilderness by himself, um, and makes his way back to Santa's workshop to, I guess, just just head just to go home. And uh, he gets there. His whole family and girlfriend are all out looking for him the entire time. Um, and it's the worst snowstorm of forever, ever it's ever been. And so he, uh, with his red nose, Santa comes around and decides to reward someone for being different and says hey you're gonna lead my sleigh you're in charge of your dad now too um because his dad is donner um can i add one minor correction in that um he gets santa and the rest of the north pole society to accept him and hermie before the storm actually sets that's right which i think is an, an important point okay yeah yeah um, and so then, yeah, uh, the, they go out looking for the Bumble. Yukon Cornelius oh, deals with him. because, um, he tames on, him. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, he just shows up later with him. Basically, yeah. I think Santa oh, or no, no, somebody no, no, no. says the that. and Clarice are in the yeah, lair of the Bumble. He said, they went to look for you. So that's where they go. The abominable snowman has yeah. them captured. Yeah. And so he. Uh, so they've got to go rescue everybody from the yeah. Bumble. Yukon yeah. Cornelius stays there in the fight while everyone she leaves and they come back. Him off yeah. cliff. <laughs> yeah. Um. Everyone apologized to everybody else, and uh, Rudolph's life is set, and now they're going to do Christmas um, and do it right. And they go pick up all the misfit toys, too, as we mentioned before, <laughs> to go give them to two children that want them or would be happy with them. Um, and so, yeah, and then now, as we know it, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, he's in charge of everything. He's the best of them all. Um, but, uh, yeah, that is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And, oh, the Bumble comes back he, with his teeth removed, and he can help him trim the tree. Um, and so that's it. Cody, we'll get your opening statements Ooh. after we take a quick break. Hear why you're here defending Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and consequently, Santa Claus is coming to town. Everybody, we'll be right back. All right, everybody, we are back. Welcome back to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is Coming to Town in our holiday episode this year. Uh, Cody uh, made it like halfway, a healthy halfway through Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer movie in a minute. And so let's get your opening statements. Um, We'll talk about both. Why are you here defending Rudolph and Santa Claus? Yeah, sure. Okay, so so broadly, I like the aesthetic of both of these. It is both, I think, high-quality stop motion but also stop motion that has little imperfections that make it feel a little bit more like real and tangible and interesting um i think i think some of the songs in particular are really cool and i also think there's this kind of intangible um like melancholy air that kind of permeates through these films that for me makes them a little bit like deeper and a little more rewarding to watch and come back to even as uh as an adult Mm -hmm. um and I think they also, I think they promote kindness and generosity. So I like that. Okay, very good. Um, let's start with the animation. Roasters, why not? <laughs> Take it away, Russell. Well, <laughs> so, oh God, I don't even know where to start with the animation. Um, so I think that it doesn't age well. Um, 
I think that while it does have an interesting aesthetic um, in that it's, you know, very reminiscent of like, I think it has a 50s aesthetic to it. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's and, true. And um, I think that's, that's fine and all, but um, I think that the actual animation itself is poorly done in comparison to other animation that was at that time. So I, I don't think that anything was really particularly gained by making it stop motion. Whereas there, there are some films where the stop motion is, is added, right? It's an added benefit. And I don't think that uh, in this case, I don't think any of these are actually improved by the, uh, the choice of stop motion versus traditional animation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think for me, at least, uh, it kind of it lends this sense of this like otherworldliness to it. Um, I don't know if the alternative for you would be like animation, you know, like traditional 2D animation, um, which I guess could be accomplished there. But I, I like the kind of, it feels otherworldly. And I think that to me feels thematically appropriate for stories of you know, of Christmas, they're kind of fantastical. Hmm. Interesting. Any thoughts on the animation, Sammy? You know, I felt I the things you described as like um, now I can't even think of the word you use. Otherworldly. No. Or like <laughs> tangible. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm brain farting tonight. Anyway, I just felt it's it's so jerky for me. Like the mm. stop motion's not fluid enough for it to just like. There were many moments where I just felt myself getting frustrated. It's like, okay, just move on with, like, the animation, please. You know what I mean? So I, I just find it hard to watch sometimes. Okay. So. That's fair. It's, it is imperfect. I'll, I'll say that. And I, but I think, again, that's for, for me, that is part of the charm, that it, it, feels, it feels scrappy in a way. I don't know. You know but, um, but, yeah, like, you're right. There are interesting sort of, uh, you know, leaps in movement on occasion. Yeah, and I just feel like it makes it not age well. Like kids these days don't really want to watch that because it's mm. they're so used to this animation that just looks so fluid and real and whatever. Yeah. And so to go back and watch that, I think it's too hard for them to like sit through it now. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and especially with it being an hour, so like what I don't know, do we have any thoughts on oh. yeah, I, I guess on how how well just the whole package does age? Um, because even the, we were talking about even the, like, lessons of it are very, like, 1950s-y, kind of, like, oh, you, you are standing out, and we don't like that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there hmm. were other moments that didn't go so well, like, um, when Rudolph does go missing and the parents want to go find them, Mm -hmm. like, Donner's response is literally, no, this is a man's job, and then, um when they decide to come back to the North Pole, it's like, you know, they realize they needed to get the ladies back to Santa, to, to Christmas town. And mm-hmm. it's just this whole like, okay, well, obviously they were out also looking for Rudolph. They're very capable. Why don't you need to like get them back to the town? Just little things like that. That's fair. That, that's a fair critique. I'm not, I'm, I might've almost missed that moment. Do you mean after they save him from the abominable snowman and they come back, uh, yeah, Wonderful. so they're like the, like Bumble and you kind of just fallen down. Yeah. Like the narrator's like, they realized they needed to get the ladies back to Christmas Town, so they headed home. It's like literally yeah. the narration. That's fair. Yeah, I think that is that is a totally valid critique. Um I think I think aside from that in general, I dig that it is it's kind of this conservative society that we're that we're sort of looking at before Rudolph is born. And so I sort of like the idea that Rudolph, that 
even though these are Christmas movies, like things aren't easy. You know what I mean? That even a fantastical place with Santa Claus and elves might experience the same prejudices that we ourselves have had to work through as a society. So it kind of made his mission to have himself and Hermie, you know, become an accepted, accepted members of this society kind of made it feel more like urgent. That I was like, I was honestly a little taken aback watching this. I forgot just how conservative the society was <laughs> and like how much they were rejecting him. Um, but I think, again, it makes it, uh, it makes it a more worthwhile ending that he kind of gets society to, to change. But I almost feel like he doesn't get them to change. Mm -hmm. I feel it's more like Santa Claus realizes that he has a use for him. And so he's like, I can use him. Let's <laughs> let's make him feel special this time. And, you know, even it's like it's more of out of guilt that he ran away, that Santa Claus even kind of come back. It comes back to be yeah. nice to him in any way. And then he realizes he has a use for him. And then right. even, you know. Even Hermie, I feel like, is is barely accepted. He's like, I guess you can open a dentistry because you ran away and I feel bad. Like, <laughs> is kind of how it goes there, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, totally. Like, the, the one, like, my biggest complaint about uh, this movie, um, specifically kind of off of what you're saying, is Santa's... Santa is an asshole. Oh, yeah. Uh, Santa, yeah. Santa. the word conservative. He was just a dick. <laughs> Santa is a dick. Santa's a dick. In he this was movie. an asshole, and his entire premise mm -hmm. is let's prop up the means of production. Yeah. Like, that is literally his entire thing. Like, there's a moment in the mm -hmm. beginning of the movie where he's talking with Hermes, yeah. where it is like literally. You have one thing to do. You are an elf. You are making toys. If you don't make toys, you get out of here because you're not worth the time. Is that Santa or is that the elf? It might be. It might be the elf the supervisor. Elf supervisor they, but the elf supervisor is getting it from Santa. Like he, he right. writes this beautiful song for Santa. Right. They work really hard oh to that sing it funny. for him, and then Santa doesn't even pay attention, and he's like, "Yeah, that sucks. Keep work. Like go yeah. back to work." Is yeah. basically what he says. So. No, there is a weird undercurrent for sure where Santa is just like this institutional factor that people have to kind of deal with. You know, like he's not just this sense of joy. So that that's totally fair. Granted. I will say this movie is celebrating Rudolph. So if this movie was celebrating Santa, I feel like I would have to debate that. Or, you know, like that would be a critique of the movie. But since it's celebrating Rudolph, I guess their artistic choice was to make Santa a dick. <laughs> okay, you know, <laughs> going for it. Right, but I think that even, like, I think that with the context of, of like, literally, it, Santa is a representation of propping up the means of production mm -hmm. uh, in a capitalist society. Sure. And the fact that the only reason that he really gets accepted is because he's useful. So I would push back pretty hard on that, and it was part of the reason that I jumped in when you were doing the summary, too, sure, is sure. that in terms of the timeline, they come back, they get... Santa, I think Donner's his dad, right? They get yep. Santa, Donner, and the rest of the society to accept that these people are different, but it is their differences that are in some way strengths for them. That happens. There's a period on that, and then the storm comes in, and and Santa is basically Santa's like this thing hasn't let up. I think Christmas is done. I think that's what he says, and then they realize Rudolph can you know guide their way with his nose. But I would say that if it would ring less true if Rudolph came back and they went, oh, thank God, can we use you now? So I think the movie takes a pretty clear approach to saying, 
He gets accepted, and once he's accepted, they go, oh, by the way, maybe this can happen. Well, I still, again, think it's more out of guilt, because not mm-hmm. only did Rudolph... Like, if Rudolph had just gone missing and no one went after him, mm-hmm. I genuinely don't think Santa would have cared. But then his lead reindeer, Donner, decides mm-hmm. to go after him, and he's missing for months. And so Santa's in freakout mode, because he's got not enough reindeer, right. and there's a storm brewing. And so I think the fact that Rudolph's able to bring Donner home... He's like, all right, I, I guess I misjudged you, whatever. But I yeah. still don't think he fully accepts him because even when he goes out to be like, you know, I think Christmas is canceled. Mm-hmm. He's like, Jesus, Rudolph, your freaking nose. And then he's like, oh, your nose. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. You know, yeah, right. so I still don't think he was ever fully accepted until he was found useful. But yeah. I mean, I guess Santa was trying to change a new leaf, but I don't I don't think he was there. I'm curious um, to both sides, you know, this is a hour-long movie that is based on a 90-second song. Like, do you, think, <laughs> do you think it does, like, a decent job of, of taking the source material and, and turning it into something? Or, um, you know, do you think there was a better way to do that? The and this is for both material. sides. Um, I think that they, for that 90-second song... Um, they added way more than they needed to. <laughs> and this movie could have easily been 20 minutes, and I think it would have fit perfectly into a half-hour time block on ABC, NBC, CBS, whatever it originally aired on, because I don't remember. <laughs> so um, I, I think that... I don't think it did a great job of translating it. I mean, literally, they have like one of... Uh, they have at least a few of the characters directly speak lines from the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is a little kind of hackney. <laughs> Here, okay, here's what I actually like about it, is listening to the song, I never understood why people would be that weirded out about Rudolph's nose. Like, listening to the song as a kid, you're like, it sounds pretty cool, everyone get on board. I think this movie actually, in taking a kind of darker approach with, like, Rudolph you know, fighting for acceptance as if he's a minority, essentially. Um, I think it actually really highlights how weird it would be uh, for reindeer, who all have black noses, to have this dude with a red, shiny nose. So I kind of like that aspect. I think somebody heard the song and they went, there is a 50-minute legitimate narrative behind this. I'm going to find it. (laughs) It's one way to look at it. Um, I, uh, what, what else I write down? We talked about Santa. Um, the, the takeaway, I know one of the things, Russell, you were talking about was, like, this is for kids and, like, the lessons for the kids. Yeah. Might be problematic I, somehow. Well, I find that the, especially, like, the, so kids are going to identify with Santa because Santa is always propped up, no matter how much of an asshole he well, is. he's the human. Right. Well, one, he's the human. But two, like, Santa is propped up as this, like, icon of, like, giving and, and uh, you know, like, goodwill. Right. Um, and I would say that I'm not going to, this is, this is hyperbole, so don't take this literally. But, like, every line out of, out of Santa's mouth is about capitalism and how great it is to live in a capitalist society i'll even give you that i won't even like i'll even say that's like, hyperbole i'll just be like that's probably true right so <laughs> so like i feel like this is a conditioning program mm-hmm. for um getting the next generation which would be my generation uh based on the 
timeline of that um to continue on with what certain generations have wrought on our society oh damn but santa's not the main character like i understand that it's it's a weird choice to make him an asshole like i i get that one but Rudolph's the character that, you know, we're with for the journey, right? right. Santa is but, times an antagonist, kind of. Right, but I think that the the thing that I think about um, specifically that message mm-hmm. is that the very few kids will actually identify with Rudolph. Right? I don't know, I, but he's the main character, right? That doesn't... That doesn't necessarily mean that, char- that, that people who are watching it are going to identify with him. Like, huh. like... I, I think that the the message that comes across because of the way Santa is portrayed is very potentially damaging to young psyches, okay. and I think that um, I think that that's like that's my main beef with it is that I think it is like it is it feels like and especially in context with all with the other uh, the other one that we watched. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of like social commentary that is seems like it's specifically about conditioning kids to think the right way. Hmm. I guess my question would be: I think that is the status quo we start off in, right? Is you know, there the North Pole is a pretty big production area, but isn't the message that we end on that uh, you know getting out the product and you know just go 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 capitalism? that's not the right approach, right? Isn't that kind of the message we end on? I mean, I don't think we end on that message, though, because, like, literally the only, like, granted, we disagree on this on this aspect of, <laughs> like, the only reason that, that Rudolph is accepted right. is to continue the cycle of production. Because without getting the toys to the kids, mm-hmm. there is no cycle of production. Therefore... Christmas is canceled is kind of a hollow threat because right. he knows that Rudolph can guide the way. But I, but I guess, like, I, I understand the argument that Santa felt, you know, a little guilty and that's sort of maybe why he took um, Rudolph back. But I do feel like the timeline is pretty clear about accepting Rudolph and Hermie and then realizing that there is a, like, business critical use for them this year. You know what I mean? Mm, but do you not feel that that cheapens the acceptance that like immediately after like oh well we accepted you oh mm-hmm. look here's this business need that that <laughs> like, we have for you i think it would have been maybe more powerful if rudolph was like wait a minute santa i was born with this nose right. let me help you out and he's yeah. like wait okay yeah, yeah. but That's instead fair. it's yeah. santa being like wait a minute I'm going to use you. Yeah. I got a use for you now. Let's do this. You yeah. Know? I think that's why I, I take exception to, yeah. to the way that it played out. That's so fair. we've talked a lot about Santa and his personality, and I get the impression that Rudolph and Santa Claus is coming to town are in the same universe because they reference Rudolph in Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, right. It's kind of a joke. It's like, eh, it's we're like, not gonna, that's, a that, that's a whole other movie. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I'm curious like now and I think it's probably about time to transition Uh, (laughs) it you know how can we take this Santa and reconcile it with this Santa but first things first moving a minute for Santa Claus is coming to town (laughs) yeah uh, same deal. I'll give us a full plot synopsis. You got a minute. Okay. And uh, I'll give you a three count and then you're off. I know you're ready or whatever but uh, here (laughs) we go. Whatever. (laughs) In three two those won't help. One go um, all right, so there is a baby that is dropped off on a doorstep that has this Claus insignia 
um, on it, the baby gets kicked over to the Kringles, these, uh, these people who live in a village kind of outside of the city proper. Um, when the baby grows up, the, the baby, I think, helps them make toys and brings toys into the city to give to kids, just wanting to spread some joy, but the Burger Meister Meister Burger, um, who is kind of low-key Nazi-ish, he, he hates all toys, and so he sees the kids with them, and I think he, he takes them and burns them, and so uh, Chris Kringle has to figure out a way to discreetly get them to kids first. He sneaks into their house. Then, after that's not enough, he goes down the chimney and puts the toys in stockings so that when their houses are raided, that the raiding party doesn't see them. Um, eventually, Chris Kringle and, and all you're his... out of time. But you were close. These are tougher to sum up in a minute for being fifty, you know, for being fifty minutes. Hey, welcome you know? to Jacob's World and Dumbo. Um, but, <laughs> Never uh, let it go. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, was I there for that one? I don't remember. Uh, but uh, anyways, yeah, everybody gets arrested. Um, Everyone. The yeah. Burger Meister man uh, eventually finds them all. Um, and then the Winter Warlock, who we didn't even mention, was the yeah. first act bad guy. Was a lot. Um, but they reform him and teach him to walk. Yeah. Uh, he uh, uh, has some... Well, metaphorically some... teach him to walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's be, let's be clear. <laughs> All he has, in terms of magic left, is some magic corn. They feeds the reindeer, and the reindeer can now fly. They fly yeah. into jail, boost everybody out. And so that's how the reindeer fly. Uh, Santa gets married to Miss Jessica. Mm -hmm. um, they keep doing the North Pole thing. Uh, there's no way Burgermeister can keep up now. Um, and then they all eventually fall out of power in the epilogue. Yeah. <laughs> um, they just die off is how it's put. Yeah, it's kind of just like, how we beat them? We outlasted them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, anyways, they set up shop in the, uh, what, are, what is it called? The Rainbow River Valley? Yeah. Um, that was, uh, that we already knew that. But anyways, they, uh, Continue production on Moss and um, eventually oh, expand to include everyone in the whole yeah. world, all the kids in the whole world. Um, and uh, yeah, and that is, uh, it all goes down in history. Um, but, anyways, we were saying, how does this Santa Claus compare to Rudolph's Santa Claus? He's fatter. He is fatter. <laughs> I, if I. I cannot reconcile these two Santa Clauses in my head, and I don't think I will try to. I, that, I mean, I, I, I really identify and enjoy Rudolph and his journey in that film, and I love Kris Kringle and his journey in this film, but, like, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. Santa in the Rudolph film is an asshole. Who becomes Santa in this one is a really kind and decent guy just looking to spread joy. So you know, I would argue I that know, he man, is not. <laughs> Chris, my boy Chris Kringle. Your boy Chris Baby Kringle Claus. shows up to this town he's never been to sure. and immediately breaks laws and is just like, I don't give a shit what your toy law is. I'm giving them out, gives them all out. Even after he's told not to, he's yeah. like whatever, I'll be back tomorrow with more toys. Like, don't you worry, kids. Like, I don't give a crap. Like, let me just do my own thing. The way just... you said it just then made it sound like a threat. Whatever, I'll be back tomorrow with more <laughs> <I> mean... toys. <laughs> I liked the, um, I, I like the trope of this kind of naive outsider who is accidentally breaking a law, but knows in his heart, his or her heart, that the law is unjust and just goes, well, no, this is silly. I'm going to do this thing because it's helping people and bringing joy. So I, I liked that element of it, of him kind of 
I think there can be like when you live in a society for a long time, there can be this thing where we sort of accept the rules that are put upon us. And so I like the idea of this guy who has grown up in a maybe a little bit more basic society with less rules comes in as just like, why are toys bad? You know, it's like, well, that's a dumb question because they're outlawed. He's like, but why? I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I had really general points written down. Rose, there's anything else about Santa Claus coming to town? I have a, like a lot of weird okay. questions. Let's so, get like, into it. so uh, for like one, so the Kringles, right, are the first toy makers to the king. And then what happens to them? Why are they out in the middle of nowhere in a place yeah. where they can't get their toys to kids? Like, were they disgraced for some reason? Like, it's this Probably is there's something weird there that they no longer serve the king, but still want to make toys, and then. They get this guy to go illegally bring these toys to these kids. I'm just saying. Huh, that's a good question. Very I, weird. I don't know if the city maybe, you know, moved or something like that. And they are like... What do you mean the city moved? Well, I, <laughs> it, if, like, if the city center, if, right, it used to be over oh. here, but it as generations oh, came it and developed went, it developed out. over there. Mass <laughs> transit isn't a thing, you know, and they Tacoma have a tough time getting Seattle, in there. Exactly, you know? exactly. Uh, right? All of a sudden, a light rail would be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. That is, that's an interesting I just point. found that was really weird. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, in the town, you hardly see any adults. None of these parents are, like, reprimanding their kids for having these toys. Because they're toys. But then also these kids are, like, not trying to hide their toys. Like, yes. they know it's illegal. They know they get them taken away and burned every time they bring them out. But instead of, like, hiding in their rooms and playing with them or yeah. playing in their backyards, they're like, let's go to the city center <laughs> and play with our toys so the Burgermeister sees them. Like, why does no one try and like teach them like i mean yeah you know they're just they're not smart about it they're like <laughs> they want their toys to get taken it away feels you know very much like a nazi footloose somehow yes yes, exactly. yes. yes. It's so like, i i will say like you said that they that uh burger meister uh meister burger yes. what the fuck with this name uh, <laughs> was so good was uh low-key nazi i think high he, key. I, high yeah, key. I, okay, I was like I was like, no, like seriously, he's got like a, a Nazi eagle yeah. on a medallion, and then his foot soldiers are literally oh, yeah, wearing, are literally wearing the Nazi, Nazi like yeah. spike, like pith helmets. Yeah, absolutely. There, uh, I'm gonna share my favorite tweet ever, and it was like, like two or three years back when I was watching this movie on ABC Family, not for the first time, but for the yeah. first time like as an adult. Um, and there was a hashtag, and it was hashtag BurgermeisterMeisterBurger, like, on the screen. So I just pulled it up. I was like, what are people tweeting about the MeisterBurger? And one of them said, does he move like that because he's stop motion or because he's a Nazi? <laughs> hashtag BurgermeisterMeisterBurger. And to this day, that is, like, the best take on that character. Yeah. They also speak with, like, German accents, whereas the children yeah. don't for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Even yeah. though they're all yes. theoretically in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> He's, mm -hmm. yeah, dude's a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, and so, like, speaking of, like, uh, Chris Kringle being weird, literally one of the songs is, yeah, okay. is when you meet me, yeah. you'll sit on my lap and accept a kiss and a wish. No, a kiss for a is toy. Is the price you'll pay? Uh, yeah, pay. something like that. Sit I don't on know. my lap, a kiss for a toy is the price you'll pay. Right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I <laughs> I was listening to that song and I was like, "Who oh boy, we're gonna talk about this one." <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, I mean, if you want to take it out of context and make it make a boy sit on a grown man's lap sexual, then... Yeah. Well, then. even if you don't, it's still a stranger being like, come on, kids, right, exactly. give me a little kissy, I'll give you a right. little toy. Yeah, right. that's, that's still Part weird. of it has stuck around. We're still like... Yeah. Yeah. I, go, go, go I think it kind of works just because Chris Kringle is so, like, youthfully naive and kind of just so pure that it works. <laughs> but, like, there's... I'll even go one better. There's, like, a line in here somewhere where he talks about, like... It's like tomorrow night I gotta sneak into their houses or something like that. Like I definitely get it. Take it out of context. There's some weird stuff. But I but his overall goal is to is to bring joy and happiness and be kind to everyone. Which is one of my favorite parts is him he, you know, gets into some serious trouble with uh uh with the winter warlock yeah. who like could kill him. And I love that he doesn't fight back and all he's like, Okay, can I just give you a toy? And, like, that <laughs> act of kindness gets him out of that scenario, and I just feel like that is so beautiful and a great lesson. Yeah, can we talk about the Winter Warlock? Because, once <laughs> again, we're taking a source material and adding a bunch of characters I've never heard of. Dude, they really wanted to go deep on the lore with these I mean, movies. this song is much simpler than yeah. the Rudolph song. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. He's like... <laughs> Well, it's creepy. It's still a creepy song. It's so super creepy. The Winter creepy. Warlock one? No, no. no. Santa Claus is gone. Oh, okay. She's you when you're sleeping and knows when you're awake. Yeah. The whole stalker yeah. surveillance state. <laughs> oh, I've got some things for yeah. that. Boom. For, Now's for, the time. Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, for, the for, oh, yeah, okay. for the extended play yeah. about uh, Elf on a Shelf. I've got <laughs> okay. um, but you were, you were asking about Just Winter about Warlock, Winter his song. character. I'm curious about just, like, why is he there? Call him Alt Santa. To make the reindeer Alt fly, Santa. apparently. Like, literally, the only thing he's good for is, oh, I got this cord. Now the reindeer fly. <laughs> See, for me, he's actually the part of the film that I remembered the most in, like, the intervening years between, like, adolescence and adulthood uh, is that one foot in front of the other song. Yeah. But I, I love the kind of notion of, but I've been bad all my life. How do I be good? And he's like, well, you'd be good just by doing a good thing. And, and that's how you, I don't know. I, I love the simplicity of that, of, you know, just try I like him a lot. He... Get over being depressed, Winter Warlock. <laughs> Winter, please. <laughs> like well, he's like, now great. I don't feel like such a loser. <laughs> I can leave my house now. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I, I really like his character and that he shows sort of the power of, he demonstrates the power of Chris Kringle's kindness on others. Mm. Um, Roasters, do we have uh, maybe a final point um, as we're about to time to unmask? We have time for maybe one more. Any other things? We don't have to. I feel like I said my big thing. Yeah. Do you have anything else? I mean, the only other thing that like comes to mind is like I feel like Chris Kringle was like the product of like a childhood cult that kind of like forced him <laughs> I to. Mean, I mean, maybe. I mean, the Kringles are really weird, right? right and like. <laughs> Dingle, wingle, mingle. Yeah. Right. And, and oh, very, yeah. like, kind of insulated and cult-like. And then, like, here's this here's this child who happens upon their doorstep. Um, and uh, not just a, a baby's nose, but a full baby. Um, and, like, then they kind of indoctrinate him in their ways and then send him out into the world to be their emissary. It feels really, like cultish but maybe that's my own and they like, never even question where yeah. the baby came from they're like right. sweet someone left a baby on our door <laughs> let's do this like yeah. we're gonna name him something else forget this name that's on his little name tag you know it's weird yeah yeah it is i mean i'll, I'll give you that it is 
this very specific society that he grows into that maybe yeah. doesn't give him an alternate choice of like of profession um but by the same token when he when he's going out there in the world and like bringing so much net positivity there's a part of me it's like eh, can't argue with results you know i mean that's that's <laughs> fair like yeah. i mean there's that one pl- breakfast place here that is run by a yeah um <laughs> and what? It, yeah, I didn't. I don't, oh, yeah, no. There's. There, I don't know it, how that sentence finishes. Oh, no, no. no. So um, there's a. I, I hesitate to use the word cult there, they, but by textbook oh. definition, they, because they are not a recognized religion, um, there is a, a breakfast place that uh, in Fremont that is run by them. It's a vegetarian oh. breakfast place, and it's really good. And like, if you read their tenets, they're all very like. Like, oh, yeah, Sound this great. is just, yeah, yeah. this is like, yeah. just be a decent person and, like, don't be an asshole. So, like, don't be Santa from, uh, don't Rudolph. be Santa from, from the other Rudolph. Film. Yeah. yeah, right. And <laughs> be Santa from this film. Don't and so, like, yeah, I'm not necessarily saying cult entirely is a bad thing, but, like, he, it does feel like he was indoctrinated, which is a little bit mm. problematic. But <laughs> yeah. just because, you know, the outcome is good doesn't necessarily mean that the, Manner. The main, the main yeah. justify the end. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, pro, I mean, like pro cult, Cody. What's that? Pro cult. <laughs> pro cult. Yeah, definitely. Pro cult. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm I'm pro cult only, only when it involves bringing joy to other people. Um, but yeah, no, it is it's like, a slippery slope. So, yeah, right. It is an interesting like they all dress the same. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I think like if you were if you take some of these elements like out of context, right, and you're like. Who are these people making <laughs> toys? Like, yeah, I think you could really poke holes in the fictional story of Christmas. But, I, you know, I, I like the sort of overriding message about going out there and spreading kindness. Um, there is also an interesting element of, like, they, they enjoy making toys. And it's, you know, it's kind of like their creative outlet. And I sort of liked the very human, like, no one has gotten to experience our creative outlet for a long time. And we feel kind of cooped up here. I don't know. I, I feel like any of us who like haven't done a play for a while or like haven't made a movie for a while mm-hmm. have felt that. So I was kind of like, I like making toys. I, I don't know. I like that element of it. Let's uh, <clears throat> let's take our winter warlock masks off. Let's melt those faces. Um, Cody, or how do we really feel? Start with you, Cody. Yeah, um, I I love both of these films. <laughs> um, I do think like it's tough to figure out if me still enjoying the stop motion style is nostalgia. Or if it's, like I said, the stop-motion style, it is imperfect, but it sometimes feels, like, kind of cool in its imperfections and kind of scrappy. Um, but, yeah, in general, I love these films, and I like the complexity of them and sort of how how dark they are, how dark the story can be, but how, I think, good and kind the message is. Yeah. Sammy? Um, I actually love these films. I grew up watching them. Um, and I actually agree with Cody on the whole animation style of them. I, I don't know if it's because of just nostalgia and I mm-hmm. love them, or I do think I just do think they are pretty beautiful. Um, but yeah, I, I have always had a problem with Santa in both movies. <laughs> really do, but I do enjoy watching them. And I've never looked at... Santa Claus is coming to town the way you were saying, like, bringing, spreading kindness to everyone. But the mm-hmm. more you said it, the more I'm like, oh, my God, that is what the film is about. Yeah. Like, I love that. And so now I want to go watch it again and not with the lens of Rose seeing it. But oh, fair, yeah. The lens of loving it. So, mm. yeah. Russell? 
Uh, I also love these. I mean, I grew up on these. Like they, you know, they came out before I was before I was actually born. Um, but I remember distinctly remember, like I distinctly remember watching them with my sisters. Yeah. Um, you know, Christmas morning when my parents are still asleep, we're not allowed to touch the toys right. uh, <laughs> or the presents that invariably were toys. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of nostalgia. Um, I still don't really like the the animation style. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I, I like the aesthetic, but the the animation itself, I think, is is still bothers me. Even like it bothered me back then, it bothers me now. So. Mm. Casey, um, I feel a little left out in that I did not grow up on these oh. movies. I didn't like we watched a Christmas Story and like yeah. vacation, Christmas vacation and stuff like that. So we definitely had our family standbys, but for some reason these just weren't part of our repertoire at all. Mm. And so um, this was the first time I had seen either of these in full. Like I'd seen bits and pieces on ABC Family or or what have you, but. Um, I think because I didn't have that nostalgia, I wasn't a huge fan because I just thought they were like needlessly convoluted. Um, <laughs> a lot of characters I didn't really care about. And You're not wrong. Like, yeah, no, like, I, and I get that I totally get like the feeling of growing up on something, but I just don't have that with these. So I was like, eh, I can yeah. take it or leave it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is. It's like Christmas fan fiction. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, there is a surprising amount of lore for these. <laughs> Yeah. It's all canon now. Yeah, and like, <laughs> and like war, canon. like like war pop culture, like the the whole Nazi thing was a huge surprise to me. And then similarly, <laughs> like the idea of like capitalism was also very yeah. strong. And yeah. I was just like, that is not what I thought these were about. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I haven't watched these in a long time, and it all kind of came flooding, rushing back to mm-hmm. me when I was watching them the other night. And uh, and I, I mean, I love them. We grew up. We had these on VHS when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So these were these two were in rotation all the time. Um, and like I forgot about the Fred Astaire like postman guy mm-hmm. at the beginning of Santa Claus too, who's just like, oh yeah, I'll tell you the story. Like I love. <laughs> I like the framing device of him telling the story to kids, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, like, there's a lot in both of them that I really... I mean, I love... Um, the vo- the voice acting in both of them is great. Like, I love the, the head elf guy who's just like, You want to be a dentist? <laughs> like, yeah. They're All really the big choices, are, it feels yeah. like people are yeah. making, you know? And it works. <laughs> like, they're so... They're both so stylized. Like, yeah. You, yeah. You, you, even... Yeah, it, it's just, like, kind of, like... It's crazy how much they caught on with how, like, so much more than just, like, what is in the song is in these movies. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think the animation is distracting now yeah. in a way that, like, somebody should just come along and, re- and reanimate them, like, traditional animation, uh, like, hand-drawn. And or, I, think, I think they would, like hold up a lot better because i mean like frosty is animated yeah mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of like why didn't they do this the whole time <laughs> but i think there is something very like christmas diorama-y about them yeah that kind of keeps them that it makes them their own specific thing yeah mm. so i don't know well, it's like would they would they have the stand, have stuck around as long? If I they don't. Were just I don't think so because I think it's part of like the Christmas canon. Like every yeah. TV show that lasts a couple seasons has a claymation Christmas that episode. Same show. It's yeah. always sunny. Yeah. Community. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's oh, crucial yeah. to mm-hmm. to how we view Christmas. Like as yeah. a concept, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I dig them. I love them. I think they're yeah. great. Um, and and I mean, that being said, I think that the lessons. I think that the lessons are less harmful than you're saying. <laughs> I, I think that they are. They are pro capitalism, um, which is, you know, take it or leave it. Um, and I don't know. They're they're fun though. They're just they're just so fun. <laughs> I think Rudolph is maybe a little bit more open. Leave itself a little more open to criticism, I would say, maybe than Santa Claus is coming yeah. to town, where it feels like a righteous do gooder shaking up the system. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's it for this episode for our uh, Christmas episode this year, everybody. Um, thank you for listening. We're gonna keep talking more um in our extended play post show that's just for our Patreon supporters. So if you want to listen to that, head to Patreon.com/slash24FlamesPod and you can get that the drink drink alongs. Um, which these would probably make a great drink along. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the um, extended plays and um, what else? Uh, hot takes. Hot takes. Um, there's a bunch of other good stuff over there. So go check it out. Um, if you've got thoughts, uh, you want to tell us about Rankin Bass, anything you know, email us at 24flamespod at gmail.com. Find us on social media at 24flamespod. Wherever you listen to podcasts, go leave a rating, a review, subscribe, tell your friends. Um, helps us make the show better, which makes it more fun for you to listen to as a viewer. It's a positive feedback circle. Um, so, yeah, we really appreciate it if you can do that. This episode of 24 Flames Per Second was produced and hosted by me, Robert Spiewak, and co-hosted by Casey Rom. Our panel this week was Cody Olson on the defense, and on the roasting panel, Sammy Furman and Russell Hay. Our theme music is composed by Rob Joins and performed by Rob Joins and Will Paulson. Party Fish Media is produced by Robert Spiewak, Quasi Phillips, and Will Paulson. Everybody, this is our last episode for 2019. Damn. Last episode of the decade. Uh, happy <laughs> holidays. Next week, we are celebrating New Year with When Harry Met Sally. And after that, we just keep thundering on in the second half of our third season, everybody. So thank you so much um, for uh, supporting the show and listening. And we, we really appreciate it. And we, uh, we love making the show for you. So um, as we move on to the second half of the season, we'll catch you then for more, more goodies. So everybody, happy holidays. We'll catch you next year. Bye-bye! Bye! Party Fish Media acknowledges that it operates and records on indigenous Duwamish and Puget Sound Coast Salish land that is still home to the Duwamish tribe. This land is stolen in violation of the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855. We are committed to uplifting the name of these lands and community members from these nations who reside alongside us. For more information on this land, its people, or ways you can help, visit duwamishtribe.org or realrentduwamish.org.